Okay. Yeah, I just hit. Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I am Punk Revolution Now, here with Joan of Arca, aka Sophie, and we have a very, very special guest. We have Rainfisher Kwan on Base News Network. This is so Oprah. This is literally the most <laughs> Oprah gift moment of my life. Rainfisher Kwan is epic. She's so she's literally like the voice of our generation. It's true. Like I just like I told my roommate that I was interviewing you today, and she was like, "Oh my god, no way!" So <laughs> that's crazy. I, I'm blushing. Yeah. Thank you no, so much for true. having me. Of course. And for the folks out there who don't know who Rain Fisher Kwan is, just take a quick look at her Substack, Internet Princess, or the things she has. What you got? You got a New York Times write up. You got Vice. You, I think there's a recent Vanity Fair thingy. So you know, just Google Rain Fisher Kwan, she's and you'll a see a bunch deal. of epic. She's a big freaking deal. She's a real. She's a real journalist. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got the real authority today we've got we've got some we've got some real news for you we always do real news but now we're doing some real news with a fact check squared so um (laughs) i'm very excited to get into our conversation with rain about all sorts of epic things we have lots of cool questions um and we're gonna actually start with the episode as we do with some actual thingies in the news that are been on our mind um, and of course, Rain is going to be here with the, in the conversation with us. Feel free to chip in whatever your thoughts are, Rain, because we are going to be talking about Paul Pelosi. No, he had a so no, epic. This is, this is not epic, epic no. thing ever. Oh, sorry. no, it's not okay. epic. Okay. He's an old man who was attacked with a hammer. Oh, shit. It was a hammer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was his own hammer. It was his own oh, hammer, wow. yeah. They took a man's hammer and used it against him. That is that is absolutely, um, that's a big no-no on multiple levels. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I find it, I do gen- genuinely find it pretty disturbing. I, guess, I mean, Paul Pelosi is he's like in his eighties, and uh, the thought of, of th- the thought of a man in their eighties having like a hammer hit them on the head, fracturing their skull, and putting them into surgery. I don't know. That sounds like really a horrible, intrusive thought. And that is basically what is in the news right now. This guy who's got like all these kind of far right extreme views and stuff breaks into Nancy Pelosi's home, encounters Paul Pelosi. Um, the details are a little fuzzy right now. It looks like the cops saw them like struggling with the same hammer. I guess it was Paul Pelosi's hammer. But regardless, the invader ended up, um, you know, fracturing his skull and breaking some of his bones. And uh, he was in the hospital. And was obviously looking for Nancy Pelosi, was saying, where's Nancy, where's Nancy, something like that. Again, details fuzzy. I don't know how else there is, you know, whatever details you put in the gap as we kind of find more about this. I think it's pretty disturbing and pretty just clear that um, in America, in the United States, and Rain, I know you're Canadian, right, Rain? I am Canadian, yeah. Okay, so I'm guessing you probably, you know, have no choice but to kind of know... At least, at least hear a decent amount about American politics because we kind of dominate the news. But and I'm I'm sure it's probably similar in Canada to an extent. In America, the right wing is getting a little bit pretty pretty uh, riled up right now um, on multiple levels of insanity and uh, tipping into territories of just straight up violence and ready to you know it seems like they're ready to kill some politicians um you know the the left wing or liberal politicians in america so that's what's going on here um yeah not a fun story i i i don't know if either of you two have any initial thoughts i do have some 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 thoughts i have on it besides the fact that it's just kind of a a, a twisted gross sad story well, my question is, and I admittedly didn't do a ton of research, is like, was was the target Nancy? The target was Nancy because, yes. okay. yeah, cor- yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he was like breaking in with like zip ties, like a bag full of zip ties. Oh my God. And when he and when he when he came in, he was saying, "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" That's what he was saying. And you know, the the police came real quick. And when the police got there, they saw 
uh, Paul Pelosi and the the intruder uh, like struggling over this hammer, and apparently the intruder just you know hit Paul on the head and busted him up pretty bad. Um, so this is obviously like a straight up disturbing story on its own, regardless of you know how you feel. I don't you know lots of people don't really like Nancy Pelosi <laughs> very much, no matter where you are on the political spectrum. But it doesn't matter because it's like he's an old man. Like come on, he's he's like the husband of Nancy Pelosi. He's like not even doing anything. He's just some guy. Uh, but I think what's like really disturbing to me, and it's it, it actually does tie into the Elon Musk successfully buying Twitter story, which we're going to talk about too, was like the 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 response from from um, you know the right you know right wing news in America, mm-hmm. which has been pretty explicit with um, downplaying it and sh- trying to shift the conversation to like literally Fox News literally said. One of the reasons this happened was because of the defund the police movement, and because oh the police God. were yeah, yeah bec- because San Francisco defunded the police. Now crime is out of control, um, <laughs> and they're basically saying, "Sorry, Democrats, you you reap what you sow," um, which is like extremely dis- like disgusting. Um, you know, like it's it's uh, you know, it, it, I think I think I feel like Fox News and like the right wing media is a little bit trapped right now with this kind of conversation because like if you look at this guy, this deranged intruder, and you look at his like beliefs that might drive him to do this, you know, he believes like the 2020 election was stolen by Joe Biden. He believes that the COVID vaccines don't work. He believes that January 6th was not a big deal, and the Democrats trying to make the January 6th into a big deal is like the Democrats trying to, I don't know, use the government against Republicans or whatever. That's like, that's those those are his beliefs. And you know the you know Fox News can't really say, oh, this guy is an insane lunatic conspiracy theorist, because like those beliefs now are just like the mainstream of the Republican Party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. this guy is like a main mainstream Republican <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, <laughs> um, I don't know, Rain. I I know this is, I guess. What's I, I'm curious, Rain. Like, like I said, you, like you're you're Canadian, but like, do you do you feel like you just kind of are forced, in a sense, to have a pulse on American politics because like it's so like dramatic, or are you yeah. kind of just tied up with Canadian politics more? Or what's kind of your perspective <laughs> on that? Um, there's not much. There's not much to be tied up with in Canada, uh, to be honest. Um, I mean, just all of Canadian culture essentially is downstream from American culture, we probably know just as much about America as, like, actual Americans, because we, I don't know, Canada is, like, genuinely hardly even a real country. Like, we are just, like, extremely derivative of the United States, mostly in negative ways. Um, so, yeah, I everybody is very up-to-date with what's happening in the U.S., um, and I have been watching this unfold um and i mean there is like did you guys see that elon musk tweeted like a conspiracy theory about yes we were gonna talk about that actually because that's like a crazy little crossover is that he tweeted this like conspiracy theory that paul pelosi was like drunk or something and like that's why he got beat with a hammer (laughs) which is yeah he was he was drunk with his gay lover gay lover (laughs) yeah you know pretty spicy now that would be that would be literally epic af so like that would yeah. make me yeah that, that would be the only me... good thing he's ever done that yeah that would be yeah i i mean it's it's interesting because like i clicked on the link that elon musk tweeted and it it just was like i'm sorry like it's it looked like a scam website like all the letters were like really big clearly so like old people <laughs> can like read it the easier font. You know what I mean? Like, really big fonts, like, typos. Like, it's, like, literally the most obvious, like, oh, this is not a legitimate news site. Like, this is, like, obviously a conspiracy theory. And then you have Elon Musk, like, in his fedora, like, hey, let's have a balanced discourse. Yes, he may have been beaten by a hammer, but have you considered that he, he might have it might have been a gay lover that he was drunk? He might have been gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like that is that is where that is like the the fedora like centrist try, like trying to present himself as a centrist Elon Musk is like coming in and that's that's his big contribution to like saving American discourse and like bringing balance to the discourse is um 
yeah, so not not a very happy time. Um, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting to me is Elon Musk. I mean, oh God, I just, I, I, I mean, obviously, like he's kind of gone just full, full blown, just linking up with the 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 far right elites in America. When he when he bought Twitter, he like posted this big statement about how we're good. You know, I'm buying this because of the goodness of my heart. I want to bring, I want to cool the temperature oh down in America. <laughs> we're gonna cool the temperature down. The left and the right are gonna come together for civil discourse, and that's what he said. Do you think Elon's going to run for president? Um, I mean, I think there's a good chance. I think a big part of this story with like Elon Wasn't buying... Wasn't he born in South Africa? Wait, are you allowed to run for president if you're born Oh, wait, in South you're Africa? right. Never mind. He can't. But I bet he wishes <laughs> yeah. that he could. I'm sure he, he d- I'm sure he could. I'm sure like I'm sure he would like I'm sure he yeah, like he he legally can't, but like the law doesn't apply to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it doesn't matter like if he wants to and like you know, half the country votes for him and half, like all his voters are like threatening with violence to like put him in, put him in as a president or else. I'm sure like, like people like turn a blind eye to like, I, I, I have very little faith in America's legal system to enforce these little rules at this point, but legally, no, he shouldn't be able to. The thing that's so like interesting about Elon Musk is that like usually people who are ultra rich and like successful in the corporate world don't want to like run for president or to gain like political power or like even really to be in the public eye at all like most of the people in his tax bracket literally pay money to avoid being talked about and to avoid to avoid being like public figures because you you can sort of amass a lot more actual power like if you are sort of more of a shadowy background figure and you certainly can like exercise a lot more power over the american political system just as like a rich person but elon musk first of all i mean the thing that's really funny about him is that he obviously is like really just very stupid like he's not (laughs) he's not really very smart and he also just so transparently is like far more interested in like the performance of power like than the actual amassing of power like him like buying twitter was like it seems like it was almost like this like midlife crisis like post grimes divorce like yeah like like grab for attention he could exercise way more power for way less effort over twitter and over like the annals of social discourse through his like billions of dollars and through his like connections in the industry but he just like chose not to do that because he is just so desperate for attention yep that's a great point you know throughout one thing i learned from donald trump um you know closely analyzing why is trump doing this why is he doing that trying to figure out what's going on i think a big part of the story that i've was was underestimating and have like learned now is like you know actually a lot of these people are just fucking idiots. Like they, they're just like they're doing things that are super counterproductive to their own interests, just because they're like huge dumbasses and they have like the money and power to like make it work, like just force it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point. I think Elon yeah. Musk. I feel like that's something I've recently realized too, because I mean, I have this fall. I had this false assumption that like people like Trump and Elon were smart people because like. Like, I, I thought of their actions as more strategic actions, even though they appeared dumb. Like, I like always thought, like, they knew what they were doing. They just, like, being weird about it and, like, weird. I don't know. Sorry. I can't articulate myself right now. But, like, I assumed that these, like, rich, powerful people had to be, like, smart in order to preserve and, like, wield the power they have or whatever. But I think that's increasingly less true or more apparently false. Yeah, I mean, totally. I think that, like I said, I, I think that the people who are genuinely smart, who are, like, very rich, are purposefully not the kind of figures that we would be talking about, like, on social media or on a podcast or, like, even know their names. Like, yeah, I feel like a lot a of the point. richest and most powerful people in the world are very, like, careful about their public image, and I feel like people like Elon Musk... Uh, are operating in, like, a very different way. Um, And also, like, so many of Elon Musk's, like, so-called innovations and stuff are, like, 
like essentially fraudulent like he's like stolen a bunch of work from his engineers like he hasn't actually like handcrafted an innovation I mean almost ever I don't know much about his like involvement directly in the development of PayPal but I'm pretty sure he like largely operated as like an investor and he's kind of just like very I mean maybe he's a good salesman because he's like really crafted this image of being this like this like you know mad scientist modern day Einstein or whatever but or I guess modern day Tesla but yeah that's like really not who he is and this like Twitter deal is such good proof of that I think because he's just like totally fucked himself up the ass. When Elon Musk was a young boy he was actually in the the mines of South Africa all by himself <laughs> mining <laughs> mining emeralds using his his own hands and selling that all by himself to buy PC parts to eventually work his oh way up. Oh my god! So that's that's. I don't know what you're talking about, Rain. I think I think I think Elon Musk is a is completely has done everything himself, and um, you know I think whenever whenever a, a CEO or capitalist gets all that money, it's clearly because they're just really smart. It's because they earned it and they work that it's much they earned harder. It. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. I, I think if you click on this article he tweeted, though, and just see, like I said, the big letters, clearly like conspiracy theory website with big letters, big font, so old people can read it and then get scared. Like, it's just, it looks like an, it's, it's an article that you have to be like really, like really dumb, really <laughs> dumb to like read more than three sentences. And like, I think he, I think when he tweeted it, I think it was in earnest and he deleted the tweet too. He deleted the tweet, which is like a pretty clear, you know, like if, if it was like some mastermind, like, oh, I'm going to sprinkle far right I just can't believe someone can be that stupid in general. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely been another big, um, let alone a like big a big lesson. B- smart i mean not smart i'm sorry let alone like such a powerful person but i guess i'm wrong i guess i'm wrong (laughs) remember how elon musk almost pulled out of the twitter deal you know what i mean like he wanted to he was forced to go through with it legally exactly yeah like i think um that was his like moment of like oh you know what maybe me buying twitter is like a really bad idea (laughs) I, i mean there's a lot of speculation right now too that Tesla, a lot of Tesla's inputs into like building a Tesla car, manufacturing a Tesla car, are in China. And Tesla and Elon Musk needs to maintain a good relationship with China and the government of China. And owning a platform where he's like promoting all this free free speech stuff while also wanting to maintain a good relationship with China who is very, very critical of anyone who's, like, criticizes China. Like, whatever you feel about the Chinese government, whatever you feel about Elon Musk, like, if you are Elon Musk, it's a very bad business decision to put yourself on a pedestal and promote, you know, as someone who needs to, like, maintain a good relationship with China and also someone who claims to, like, stand up for free speech and, like, have to to navigate that. And I, I bet, I'm willing to bet good money in the next couple of years that like tight that tightrope tightrope he put himself on is going to end up like making him look even more like a bigger jackass. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, I guess that's the I guess that's the big the big the big item here is Elon Musk is a dumbass. <laughs> I do have a question for you, Rainbow, about Twitter. I remember that like recently you went private on Twitter. Was there like a reason for that, and has it like impacted your mental health for the better? Yeah. Do you recommend? I love being private on Twitter. Um, I actually like, I feel like, I feel like I need to like get somebody else to write this. Like, I feel like the New York Times should like write some kind of like kitschy trend piece about how like the coolest thing right now is to go private on Twitter because a lot of other like people in my position I've seen have started going private on Twitter and it just makes the whole experience so much better. I, I went private because... I feel like your audience maybe isn't really going to care about this, but I felt like I was um, kind of on on the precipice of, I don't know, kind of people starting to just like, just like totally hate me. Like, I feel like whenever, particularly, I relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm sure that you relate to this. I feel like whenever, particularly when you're like a woman, to be honest, and like, you very quickly, like get very popular on social media, like, people really just start like, 
looking for I've been reasons. dealing I've been dealing with that lately. So yeah. Twitter was just like getting out of control for me. Like almost everything I would tweet, it would get like taken out of context and misinterpreted and like even still like with my private account, like people sometimes um like screenshot my tweets and like try to pretend like they're about something else and that's like really annoying. But in general, I love being private on Twitter and I feel like my followers also really like it in a funny way. Like it feels very exclusive and like elite and it's really nice to like just be able to talk to like a community of people that already understand where you're coming from and like engage with what you say in good faith and stuff. That sounds very appealing to me, but I don't know, like obviously my platform is Instagram. I'm not sure if I did if I did that on Instagram, it would work the same way. But you should try it. You should try it. It's really fun. I should. But then the the sad thing is like I think with memes, like the point of memes are to be like shared, you know? Yeah. And I think that my account being private would really like limit that. So that's why I haven't done it. And, you know, like I also like do this feels like bad to say like I do want it to grow a little bit. I, I want to see where it goes, you know, like. But yeah, no. And like that lately, though, it's been bad. <laughs> what does that look like for you? Like how are, how is it bad? So I'd, I'd, I I people basically just saying I'm not funny, which is fine. <laughs> Um, and are just, like, they're mostly annoyed at me for, um, having a boyfriend. That and sucks. And being a woman with a boyfriend, because originally identified as, like, lesbian, and then I realized I wasn't lesbian, I'm bisexual, and a lot of my followers are not happy about that, so, um, yeah, they, they think I'm too expressive about being in a relationship, which is not that true. Like, I honestly don't post that much about that. And I don't know. I think they, like, I get, like, a lot of comments saying, like, you were funnier when you were a lesbian or, like, you fell off and stuff or, like, Punk Revolution Now made you fall fall off or whatever. So it's, like, it's it's getting to be a lot. Just, like, uh, uh, just, like, hateful comments all the time and DMs and stuff. Yeah, that really sucks. I'm sorry that's happening. I I feel like, I mean, particularly, like, you have such a big account. I feel like what people sometimes don't understand is, like, like you didn't really, like, choose to, like, have, like, 200,000 followers or whatever. Like, people often feel like when somebody has that following or, or whatever that, like, they deserve to be, like, taken down a peg or that, like that yeah. they need to be like contrarian by like I, you know, I don't know. they're acting they're like I make a ton of money off of this account which I don't yeah like it's not I'm not making a living off this account like it's it's really not even uh, close yeah well yeah I'm really not making that much I I actually do make some money from Instagram reels believe it or not yeah I heard that they're good at paying I I don't know I just like showed up it was like earn money bonuses with reels and like I make like I would say like it's actually really nice like a couple hundred a month or a little more depending and it's just like for posting reels it's really nice like but obviously that's not paying my bills or anything like that it's like it's a really it's really nice it's a nice thing to have because it takes a lot of work to run this account so it's nice but it's like I'm not like I'm making money (laughs) People attack you, Sophie, as if you're like Jeff Bezos. You know what I mean? Like as if because you have this big account that you are like a part of the ruling class. And therefore, they call me like the Jeff Bezos of Instagram, like the Amazon of Instagram. Like what? Like I did not. (laughs) What are you doing? Like I do you think I asked for this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. And you put a lot. And yeah. So and so we we talked about this in the last episode. We talk about a lot not on the podcast just personally like sophie puts a lot of effort and thought into all of her posts it's like it's like her work of art you know it's like she puts her creativity mm-hmm. and emotion into it and then she posts it and people trash her uh you know i i think you know sophie has kind of said a big part of it obviously is she thinks it's been you know ever since we started dating maybe some like frustration coming out with that i don't know i i I mean, I'm not getting that hatred. I'm not getting any hatred for, you know, so obviously there's like a, an element of misogyny to it. and um. Yeah, 100%. I think that people feel 
particularly with women on the internet, like an entitlement to not just your output, but also like to their interpretation of who you are. Like people kind of build obviously parasocial relationships, but also just like kind of like versions, especially like with me or Sophie, like where we put a lot of ourselves online, especially in like a funny way and stuff. Like people feel they kind of build like a version of us in their head. And then when something that we do contrasts with like that version, they feel betrayed. And they also feel, you know, like an entitlement to you being the person that they believed you to be, even though their mm. perception was like based on the very limited information that we put on exactly. Online. Um, so and yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like that does happen, especially with women. And there is also this weird thing that happens on like every social media platform where people think that having like a hundred thousand followers like makes you an elite and like that you're making millions of dollars or whatever when usually you just like obviously you put out really good stuff but it usually just means that like the algorithm was like in your favor for a while like it doesn't really mean yeah exactly like that you're like a ruling class member no no i mean don't get me wrong it's given me like lots of opportunities like i'm talking with you right now like i get to do all sorts of like cool projects now like or you know like I have an I do have a I hate when people say it's kind of cringe but like I have a platform lol Mm -hmm. like so it's nice to be able to like share stuff that I know people will see that's really great that's a privilege but like (laughs) I, I do and I know this is a very um obvious statement but I like I think people do forget that I'm a real person yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I want I want to be happy like and I I don't think that being funny requires you to be depressed or sad and I'm much happier now and I don't I think people are mad about that too. Um cuz they can tell. Um did you have a similar experience when you started dating your boyfriend too? Yeah, I actually I feel like our experience was similar in a lot of ways. I was never like out as a lesbian. And I never, like, publicly, like, referred to myself as a lesbian, but I, like, privately thought that I was a lesbian for... Oh, my God. Wow. We're literally the same. The same. Um, Privately thought that I was a lesbian for quite some time, and I'd never, like, actually loved a man or, like, been attracted to a man before until I met my boyfriend. And Yeah. It's crazy. Um, And then we started dating, and... I so yeah I had never like even said on TikTok or anything that I was a lesbian but I would talk about like my experience like with queerness and like I would talk about being a queer woman which hasn't changed like I'm obviously still a yeah. queer woman and so are you Same. and even when I was just talking about feminism in, to a normal degree and stuff you know people obviously there's a big queer community of feminists and stuff so when I like I was about to say when I came out as having a boyfriend, which is kind of funny. That's literally what I had to do, though. (laughs) When I, like, publicly mentioned my boyfriend, people were really upset. And, like, a lot of people, even still now, I get the occasional comment that's like, I'm not going to listen to you talk about feminism, like, if you have a boyfriend. That's the most, like, stupid thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like, the, the, I mean, like, not that this necessarily should be the case or that that because obviously this is the way that it is because of like heteronormativity and the patriarchy and stuff but like like it or not like the majority of women in the world like love men or have to be involved with men so of course they'd be invested in feminism yeah and (laughs) and we should probably believe that a lot of women should be invested in feminism um I don't want to villainize, like, the queer community. Like, I don't think I'm being, like, not that anybody's implying this, but sometimes, like, this does come up. Like, I don't think I'm being systemically oppressed for being bisexual. Like, no, same, same. I, and I, like, understand. Like, it's harder to be gay Yeah, it's much harder to be gay. And I, like, also, like, understand, you know, people who are, like, really wary of men for a lot of reasons. Like these are all like really real things but it does at the same time on a human level just like suck when you feel like you're the same person you've always been but suddenly it feels like you're and again like I feel like me and you get much more backlash for this than like the actual men involved which is like I know not that I want my boyfriend to get hate or anything of course of course but it is it's like interesting 
Please direct it. If you feel like I've made Sophie less funny, which is not true, <laughs> by the way, at all. But if you feel that way, then go ahead and deem it to me and not Sophie, because... I mean, yeah, like, like that's that's if you want to if you want to if you want to trash Sophie and feel like a feminist while doing it, then direct the hatred at me instead of just continuing to direct it at Sophie. <laughs> and I feel it's like a very the, good high, the hatred is like sort of masked in this like veil of concern. Yeah, um, where they comment things like, "Oh, like God, I'm sad about this. Like you used to be so." funny and interesting and now I feel like you've changed because of him and like he's changing you come back like it's so selfish it's and patronizing I don't even, too it's very patronizing like I'm not capable of making my own decisions and like understanding when I'm happy and stuff like that and it's really no one's business and like, I, I can't believe, like, these... Because these people would never say that to my face. They never oh, yeah, would. totally. And it's, like, also like, because to your face, it wouldn't even come up. Like, it's, like, over the internet specifically that, like, people feel like they own you when they consume the things that you do over the internet. They feel like they're consuming you as a person, and they feel like yeah. that gives them the right to dictate I feel like choices. they almost think that they own me because, like they are the they are the reason why I exist in the sense that like they they are my following mm-hmm. the sort of like idea of like consent of the governed idea but applying that to an Instagram meme page where it's like you know they're my followers they're my <laughs> you know public so they they should be able to dictate like what I can and cannot do and that's that's sort of how it feels like sometimes I feel like I have to be very political not actually political but like political in the way that I run the count. Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing that's really interesting is that, like, the way that I sort of think about my social media presence is that I don't want people to, like, feel overly parasocial with me. Like, I think people have the right to drop me at any point. Like, if I'm, my job is to, like, is to provide a service for you. If I stop effectively providing that service, like you don't have to follow me. Like I encourage you. If you think that my content has gotten worse since I got a boyfriend, I do not have a problem at all with you like unfollowing me and not wanting to engage with me anymore. I would much rather someone unfollowed me than like commented something shitty. Yeah, totally. Like you, like, and I mean that genuinely, like it's, it's not a problem if you if you have a problem with me having a boyfriend or, or with anything. Like, the thing that is weird specifically is when people feel this, like, paternalistic, kind of patronizing yes, need yes. to control your behavior or to, like, shame you for your behavior or to imply that, like, this is the worst or to imply that, like, they know what's best for you based on it's this, so like, very weird. limited part of yourself that you've put out. Yeah, they barely know me. Yeah. This is really nice conversation to like actually speak to another woman who relates to this. And I actually didn't know that you like personally identified as a lesbian too, because like, I don't know, it's really nice because we, it seems like we have really similar experiences and it's very comforting and like nice to know someone else has that experience. Yeah. I, yeah. I like don't talk about it a lot because I really, it was like very internal and like even for a while, while I believe that I was a lesbian like I was still like kind of going on dates with men and stuff like that just because that's super common yeah I had like a weird sort of experience with it but I like had never I like knew that I only liked women um or I th- you mm-hmm. know thought that I only liked women yeah um, same. but then yeah I don't know I think sexuality is very fluid and you meet and, an like, epic guy who changes everything <laughs> 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 that's um, the real news of the well, day yeah. I think yeah, yeah, let's no, start talking true. about how great he is. <laughs> He's such an about. epic guy. No, he is. He is, but I don't know. Yeah, I. It's it's really. By the way, like anyone listening, like who's afraid of like dealing with backlash for coming out as as straight, just as not straight, as bisexual. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I swear. Just it's isn't it isn't it better just to be your authentic self and like. I don't know. It's guys, it's okay for you to change your sexual orientation. Like if you decide that the label doesn't work for you, like that's, that's okay. Cause like, it's literally like go out, like it's go outside time. Like people are like dynamic, like 
varied, you know, people. Yeah, and you know, and one thing too, like from my perspective, like since we've started dating, I don't think you've like changed as a person that much like you're just like you're just like no. I, I, I can tell you're like a happier person and that's great and more confident that's great but like in terms of like your creativity and your instagram output i honestly think no one would even it would never even cross anyone's mind that there's been a change in your like instagram posts if they didn't know that you had a point and i don't know it's I, I don't, true like, i barely have changed anything that i post like it's not like noticeably different i think it's when i specific like some it, it's the worst when I specifically post something uh, related to like if I repost one of his tweets or something like people get so angry at me. Like, I'm not I'm I'm sharing them because I think they're funny. I mean, like, before we were dating, I was a fan of him. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. It's, and it's like, I don't know. I just wish people were be would be kinder. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I also like usually I want to make it clear because like. I feel like often whenever anybody, like, talks about receiving any amount of backlash as, like, a bisexual woman, people often, like, go and, like, villainize lesbians or, like, use it as a way to villainize lesbians. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, and that's, like, it also, like, really is not lesbians who do this all the time. Like, men do it a lot, which is really weird. Like, like, women who aren't lesbian... Or, like, other bisexual women. Yeah, other bisexual women do it all the time, which is really weird um it's like definitely the lesbian community is really villainized like when in conversations around biphobia which it's true because I, I remember when I identified as lesbian that used to really bother me yeah but and now it's like, like because it's as I identify true, as bisexual like, like I see the other side of things now too but I I fundamentally agree that like when these sort of issues come up like lesbians are demonized as like being restrictive and like oppressive and like basically saying like bisexual women can't date men which is not true that it's that not true. yeah that that's like never like really it's mis- a real misplaced part of the problem it's misplaced totally ah the fun of lesbian and bisexual women discourse relations yeah Tales this is all like this a time <laughs> i feel like we didn't talk enough about paul pelosi we like switched over really really quickly that's okay this is a podcast about feminism so all right here's my t- here's my take the way that everybody is roasting Paul Pelosi because he was in a DUI, even though he's clearly a victim of assault right now, is exactly the same way that people are roasting Sophie on her Joan of Arca account for, because, because Paul Pelosi has a lot of Instagram followers too. You think it's okay <laughs> for him to be assaulted with a hammer. The same way you think it's okay to leave a, mo- a mean comment on Sa- Sophie's Instagram. Wow. So, that was, that was, that's my kind of tying it together. And just like Paul Pelosi, Sophie has also been manipulating the stock market uh, to make millions <laughs> of dollars. Oh my god, literally. Paul, <laughs> Pelosi, Paul Pelosi is punk Pelosi. <sighs> Kyle and me are just like Paul and Nancy. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here's something, maybe this is a controversial opinion about Paul Pelosi, about the hammer incident, but I th- I think that, I mean, obviously, like, the right-wing media's response is really crazy, um, and just, like, openly, like, afactual and conspiratorial, but I also think it's really interesting, like, how the liberal media responds to this kind of thing, because, like, I mean, Paul and Nancy Pelosi are, like, singularly responsible for a level of violence, like, direct violence towards the American people that is, like, almost unquantifiable. Like, the amount of, like, like they have, like, directly manipulated the stock market to make millions, tens of millions of dollars. They are both, like, complicit in this, like, obviously extremely oppressive neoliberal system and... I mean, obviously, it's terrible that this elderly man got beaten with a hammer. I'm not saying that it's, like, good that he got beaten with a hammer. But the thing that's really interesting is that whenever the liberal media, like, you know, covers this kind of stuff, this, like, one singular incident of violence is treated with a lot more severity than, like, just the infinitely more severe 
level of daily violence that like these politicians enact on like millions of people which i always think is interesting (laughs) yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting the um there's like there's no there's really no like voice um in the media to like find that uh i guess you could say like more nuanced take it's either you like spew conspiracy theories that that actually it was like a a gay lover who did this or something like that um or it's like just completely ignoring you know exactly what you said like i mean nancy pelosi is the 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 speaker of the house of representatives she is the face of like the machine like her job her job is basically to be a cog in the machine she looks at the polls you know, what can I do to win the most House of Representatives over? Plays that game, and it's, it's exactly, you're exactly right. There's actually very good evidence, you know, there's very good, you know, pretty indisputable evidence at this point that, um, you know, her, she, you know, she's got, made a ton of money, a ton of money off the stock market, way more than, you, you know, anybody reasonably should. Probably because, you know, probably exactly right, because she's, like, playing the stock market and benefiting from... From from the policies that are that she knows ahead of time, she knows ahead of time what policies are going to end up being passed, so she's able to make the right investments ahead of time. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's I I I'm very like I guess I I do see a pretty big disconnect though. Like I don't think this guy with the hammer who came in and did this like did this because of any of those like valid critiques. Oh of yeah, policy. of course, of course, like yeah. But I, I do I do agree like it's it's a very dizzying and like uncomfortable discourse uh, where it feels like the two like this like the, the two sides are I don't know you have you, it's exactly right you have like the dis the, the 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 Overton window right now is between like should we like let right wing fascists use violence against liberals or should we like continue rolling with like the liberal status quo that's like and both of those options like suck really bad um and i completely agree it's like there's no there's no like there's no space for like any more like left you know leftist uh opinions whatsoever so it's it is a good point and i've i've brought this up before even when we even when it comes to these politicians with a lot of power uh, even when we're talking about like Liz Truss, who's like an explicitly, you know, far right politician, I just um, I have a lot of sympathy for um, you know, people who have a, a hammer coming to their heads. So yeah, yeah, like I think sometimes, like on the left and stuff, people. This is like a rare opinion, but some people sometimes have the impulse to like, kind of be like based, like Nancy Pelosi sucks. And I, you're totally right that, like, the context is really important. Like, this guy was, like, not a freedom fighter. He was, like, a right-wing misogynist. He, like, hated Amber Heard, which was really interesting. He had posted a lot about the Amber Heard trial. Like, he clearly just, like, was very interested in, like, enacting violence against a woman. Um, which is, like, yeah. I, I think the, the, le- the left, leftists have rightfully owned the label of being anti-fascist like that is that is like the leftists have forever for decades for all of history been pointing out the threat of fascism while liberals are more likely to try to compromise with fascism etc and this is a very clear case you know a clear-cut case of like the far right consolidating power with twitter obviously with elon musk like taking over twitter and then promoting Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories to try to downplay the attack and, you know, these extremely far-right beliefs of using violence to consolidate right-wing power, maybe, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to call it fascism, maybe you want to call it something else. I see it as, like, right-wing extremism, fascism, that, like, leftists should be saying, like, hey, remember when, when, when like, lots of liberals and conservatives were, like, shaming Antifa? Well, not to say I told you so, but, like, here it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is what fascism looks like. Yeah, in like, yeah, totally. In like such a more violent way than like Antifa ever actually was. Um, Yeah, I always think it's really interesting. Like, I don't know, just like the kinds of violence that get the attention of like certain kinds of media. Like, like the conservative media, like absolutely. Like when it's like 
Black Lives Matter protesters, like, will paint those people as though they're, like, literally, like, burning an entire city to the ground and will, like, turn that into a years-long outrage media cycle. But when it is somebody who is, like, trying to bash somebody's head in with a hammer, suddenly it's, like, not that big of a deal. Um, And, like, even the, the liberal media, like, obviously they are rightfully making a really big deal out of an attempted assassination, but they will never pay any attention to, like, the daily violence and, like, genuine murder that is enacted on the American mm-hmm. people by, like, the neoliberal establishment. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, it's, it, it definitely is, um, it's, it's definitely sickening and, and, and maddening. I don't, I don't know if you've, like, uh, you know, because I know you're in Canada, although I'm sure that Canada has plenty of its own inequality, but, to 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 see in the United States like specifically because I know Canada does have universal health care in, in America there's millions millions tens of millions of people who don't have any health care like if you get if you get sick or something you mm. you're really you're really screwed um, if you see if you just see the just specifically on the health care and there's millions of compo- there's we can go through so many different policies that like is just completely just sickening in the United States it's absolutely true every single day people dying from diseases that could be easily treated uh that's like that is actually you know it just one just one example of someone having a disease that could be treated but they don't get treatment uh because america doesn't give access to that treatment that just one example of that is frankly equally if not more disturbing and stomach churning as an old man getting a hammer to their head and now you just have to multi- totally. you multiply that by literally millions uh millions yeah that is like blood on the hands of nancy pelosi like i i 100 percent think that every every like obviously like the right-wing politicians but every member of the democratic establishment is a mass murderer in my opinion um and like deserves to be treated as such um which is why i always think that there's this really disgusting gap in like the kinds of violence that the mainstream media treats as like worthy of attention or like worthy of outrage Paul Pelosi, he got arrested for drinking and driving, which I think is kind of epic. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's 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 why that's why I'm calling him Punk Pelosi. So maybe we'll call this episode. Yeah, that was anti-establishment. That was anti-establishment of him. So I feel like if you're if you're Paul Pelosi, and you have to live knowing with like just live knowing what part in this machine that you're playing. I think you're going to do some drinking and driving. I think you're going to be doing a lot of drinking. Literally. So. literally. Um, <laughs> That's why I hate Nancy Pelosi is because she's always trying to take his keys. <laughs> Ooh. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy the Pelosi, the establishment trying to enforce uh, designated driver <laughs> rules on, on punk Pelosi. So I don't know. I think when you, when you add those details, I do start to think a little bit, you know what? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's totally, you know, it's maybe Elon Musk is right. Maybe he did. Maybe he did have a gay lover who like he was like having a fight with not not, you know, I'm, I'm, we're probably going to get this podcast taken down just because I said that maybe is a possibility. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. This stuff happens. It does. Um, I think anywho, that would be freaking epic because that would mean he's gay, which is epic. Sophie, it would mean he's bisexual. You can't do that. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, sorry. Okay, bringing he, it back to the come a bi 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 icon or bi icon. Paul icon. Pelosi, bo, pa, Paul Pelosi, the bi icon. All right, I think that's the. Is there like the title up? Like obviously, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no go ahead. Pel- <laughs> All right. Like obviously, I think that that conspiracy like is total bullshit. Like obviously, we all know that it's like an insane conspiracy theory. But I just like don't know anything about it, so I'm genuinely curious. Like, do people have like a reason to think he's gay? Like, is that actually like a historically I, backed up I thing? Don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, to me, it just seems like calling him gay to like conservatives is like a an own like. It immediately own, like delegitimizes yeah. him. It makes him. Yeah, when I read ass. the article, when I read the article, it literally felt like that. Like there was, I I looked, you know, there's no sources, nothing. Like I I think I really think it was just from thin air. Like it, like it, it really felt like it felt like a like a blog post by just some, just like some guy who thinks because they live in San Francisco, um, like oh shit, wait, maybe it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I forgot they were in exactly. San Francisco. Exactly. That's like that's the level. <laughs> that's the level of like thought process that was kind of like coming through, in um, in the in the article. So no, it's probably not true. But we're gonna hold on to the fantasy because it makes it makes the story a little bit more fun. So even though this is a new <laughs> yeah, it, it it was actually from my Substack. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, good. That's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. A base news network is you you write a Substack and then we cite it. And then you cite our podcast, and then we we can basically just control the narrative however we want. So that's just a little tip for for aspiring journalists. You heard it from Ray Fisher Kwan herself. That is the that is the secret. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, speaking of that, can I ask you some questions, Rain, a little bit? Yeah, that, of course. Just the stuff I'm curious about. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about like your career because you've already. You're 21, right? Yeah, I'm 21. So you're at 21. You've done a TED Talk. And you spoke at the, the UN. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I spoke at like a UN-affiliated event. And I mean, not to mention you're like, you got the internet fame. You got like the Instagram and Twitter followers, TikTok followers. You have your epic sub stack. And then you've written for all these publications like... How did you get your start as an activist and like a culture critic? And like, how does it feel to have achieved this at such a young age? Well, thank you for saying that. That's all very nice. Um, of course. <laughs> I, uh, well, I don't really consider myself like an activist right now because I think that activism is a title that is like frequently commodified um, by people who don't do much organizing and I don't really do organizing anymore um I sort of kind of lost the capacity for that at some point but when I was in high school I was uh very involved in local politics um and along with like a big group of organizers took part in a lot of like um like student movements to combat like austerity and um like misogynist and anti-indigenous and homophobic sort of uh, changes to the curriculums in my province in Canada. So that kind of like got me involved in local activism. And that's how I like did some stuff with the United Nations. And I did a lot of my my like specialization was sex education and like women's health um, and the sort of intersection of sexual violence and education and like sexual violence in schools. So I did a lot of kind of work around that with a lot of other people. Um, and that was a really, really cool experience. It was just something that I was really passionate about. And then I graduated high school and I went to university. And I was actually studying physics and mathematics. In, really? Yeah, yeah, in university. Why? Um, That was just always my plan. I like always have loved like physics probably since I was mm-hmm. like 11 my my plan was like to get a PhD in theoretical physics and to like be a wow. physicist yeah um I that, had no idea it didn't work I, out so <laughs> yeah no I started as a biochemistry major so oh that's so I'm cool. not that anymore not anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah I like personally just had a, a insane mental health crisis and had to drop out of university um mm-hmm. But it was all for the best, to be honest, because I also just don't think I could have been in university for like 12 years or whatever. I don't think that it was ever really my thing. Um, And yeah, that was during the pandemic. And I was like kind of pretty unstable, to be honest, and like just like needed a kind of work that um, could accommodate me, like not having a fixed schedule and me like moving around a lot and stuff like that. So I just started freelance writing because I needed to make money and and that was how I did it. Um, And yeah, it was like very separate from the activist work I had done when I was a teenager. Um, And I started posting on TikTok, which was like also really separate. And then those two like career plans just happened to, I got really lucky, I guess. Like they, they both grew and I found a like really an unbelievable like I can't really believe how lucky I am that I found success as a writer because that's a really 
a hard thing it's to do. It's really is inspiring, to... honestly. Thank you. Like, um, I look at myself, so nice. who's, like, your age, and I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> can't imagine, like, having achieved this at my that age. That is like, so not kind to... of you. Of course. Like, I'm very proud of, like, where I am at this age. And I, I think I'm very lucky, too, with, like, the success I've had online or whatever. The things that I've gotten to do as a result like interning and stuff like that and like the things that I've learned is it's amazing but it's like like I can't help but be like what like in awe of you just like because like <laughs> not I, I well I don't want to say I'm jealous because that's kind of sus but it's just like <laughs> so insane like I can't even believe like imagine myself achieving all this at this age it's like so inspiring and cool and like <laughs> remarkable and it's like you are literally like you're you're like a, a, a big inspiration in my eyes just like the your like ability to have like achieved all this plus you talk about the internet and stuff which i really am interested in too so um yeah i think you're really incredible thank you so much that is so kind to say i feel like maybe you have an inflated view of my achievements because mostly i'm like a blogger on the internet um i know but it's still like i mean kayo right like that's pretty remarkable blogging is freaking epic <laughs> it's remarkable the success she's achieved so young like, no it's definitely true yeah no that's that's yeah it's yeah that's object objectively it's objectively extremely impressive so um i'm i'm with sophie on all that Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I really, I feel really lucky. The definitely, I feel like um, there's a. I think that like there's a lot of people who could be in my position. There are like a lot of young people who are really talented writers and much more talented writers than I am. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely feel like I got really lucky, and I feel really lucky to be here. And I also feel like I have so many opportunities and they kind of freak me out sometimes but I hope I can like do good things with them um and I just kind of want to write mm -hmm. stuff that's like important and that helps people yeah. and and that kind of thing for my taste like that's like I really like your work because it it's like I don't know it's very to my taste I I know it's like well I'm, I guess I'm a woman on the internet so of course I'm gonna like it but um <laughs> I also like would if I had the time I really like if I weren't in school, I really would want to work on writing more because I like to write. But I'm so I study history, so I write a lot about history. And that's so cool. I feel like thank you. Yeah, I feel like I just haven't figured out the like voice for writing that isn't like it's like when you're doing historical writing. Obviously, that's going to be different than like a Substack article or something like you're like a something you pitch to a an editorial site. You know, like. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it's something I would like to learn, and I try, but it's it's really difficult. And yeah, I don't know. Did do you did you like have any like mentoring go on like at a young age? Like, have you been writing like this for a while? Um. Well, not like officially. I also yeah. It's so funny how different academic writing is from like, I don't know, like editorial writing like yeah. my boyfriend just went back to school and like I was like I can help you with your essays like I'm a pro and it turns out that I am terrible at, at academic writing and I have no help yeah. at all and like I'm always like can you like make this more funny like is that allowed um and he's like no um <laughs> but yeah I I definitely like had a couple people in like the media industry when I was like first kind of trying to make it who like gave me a lot of really good advice and were extremely generous with their time and stuff like that and I just like reached out to them and asked for advice um and my dad is like a he's a teacher he he's an elementary school teacher but he always wanted to be a screenwriter um and he's a great writer and he's always been one of my biggest inspirations and Aww. he really encouraged me like to write from a young age and I feel like he definitely made me a, a really good writer um, and always so encouraged me to be like a critical thinker and stuff like that. So <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely give a lot of credit to him and to my mom too. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the only niche internet micro celebrity sad girl who has a good relationship with her parents, not to brag. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> it's fine. 
<laughs> no, it's that's really great. That's awesome. You don't have to apologize for that or anything. Um, yeah, and I mean, I feel like honestly, the writing industry has a lot of kind of like artificial barriers. Like it's it's extremely nepotistic. It's like like the only way to kind of get your foot in the door really easily is to like pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for like an NYU writing degree so your professor can like introduce you to the right editors like that's kind of usually how it goes and it is honestly really hard to like just like know how to do it like how to like email editors and like pitch publications like that's really gatekept information um But honestly, anybody can do it at any time. Like, when I was, like, I'm going to be a writer, I just started, like, lying and telling people that I was a published writer, basically. Taylor Taylor Lorenz told me to do that, too. Yeah, I love her. She's really, I love her, too. She's, like, a mother to me. Or maybe maybe I'm getting parasocial. I've met her a few times in real life, so I can say that. Um, She's very sweet. She also, she's she's like the the like blueprint for getting hate on the internet i have no idea no how she for does real it. it's so insane like taylor renz inspires me so much with her epic trolling of tucker carlson yeah it's <laughs> crazy like the right wing is so obsessed with her and they like never get any of her jokes i think it's i feel like part of it is because she's like beautiful is yeah that, am i wrong or like no i think that's she's true like, she's like a sweet beautiful woman who's just really talented and is like not afraid to like troll yeah she's so funny the most inspiring thing about her though is that she has a meme account and she's man- she still can be successful and yeah she's like a do- washington post columnist yeah, yeah she has so like a meme ap- account it's cool it's so epic. I, like, I can't believe... No, all the time I see on Twitter, she tweets something that is so clearly, like, a joke or, like, bait. And then, like, like some blue-check right-wing media figure quote tweets her, like, enraged. And I'm like, Taylor trolls you every single time and you always fall for it. And it's just, like, a beautiful work of... It's, like, a, it's a work of art. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. The art of That's trolling the thing is that real, is like, guys. <laughs> I feel like I could never be a troll, like, I could never successfully troll, because there's, like, nothing I hate more than when I make a joke and people don't get it and, like, take it out of context and, like, think I'm saying something terrible. That's, like, my biggest... Kyo's really good at that. It happens to me all the time and it drives me insane. I think Taylor at this point just has to be desensitized to it. Yeah. Because like she's she no is, one, no is. nobody on the planet, nobody on the planet has gotten as much just visceral anger at her for doing like basic journalism. Really. Yeah, that's that's really the end of the day of what's going on. Yeah, I feel so. like she was kind of like I feel like honestly the reason why she did it was maybe because she realized people were gonna like hate her no matter what she said, so she decided to make them the butt of the joke, which I think is like pretty awesome. She's so smart. Like, she's she's really, like, one of my biggest, like, inspirations. Like, and she's so nice, too. Like, she's given me such amazing advice. And, like, she's read my stuff and, like, proofread it for me. And, like, she's so sweet. She's so generous. Yeah, that's what, to, what like, I was saying. Other young What women. I was saying before is, like, Sophie, I know Sophie, obviously, very well. As just, like, someone who's, like, extremely, extremely sweet and very sensitive and, like, kind and like the fact that like (laughs) sophie is getting that weight like a wave of uh very aggressive nasty comments and then like sophie i know you said that like when you met taylor and i met her briefly too like from my perspective i completely agree she's like she's just like a abnormally kind very very nice person like Mm -hmm. completely and and i think even if you follow her on twitter even though she does like the trolling she does is not like mean or like misleading it's literally just like I don't know. Like she's she point is there's she doesn't deserve no she doesn't deserve any of the hate she gets. She's a very good person, a very smart person, a very a sweet person too. So yeah, same thing. We support wow. you, Taylor, if you're listening. We support Taylor Lorenz. Yeah, Taylor Lorenz shouted this podcast out like the first up ep- after the first episode. Like that's she's just so I don't know. Oh yeah, I should have said that more explicitly. She like totally was a it's like because of her the Vanity Fair profiled me. Like wow. she she like shared like some of my very first Substack posts and Yeah, she did too. She shared my first Substack posts. Like Yeah, and like just like tweeted a bunch of like she's like literally right in the beginning of like me sort of blowing up. 
she like tweeted about me being like the best cultural critic on the internet and like that is totally like a huge part of why vox profiled me and like why vanity fair profiled me yeah she has a huge impact like she like she i'm barely like i'm very briefly mentioned in her article generation z's viral meme life takes over instagram new york times article i have it like Hmm. i have like the newspaper clipping on my wall it says my name in it it's not I'm not in much much of it like she didn't really use my quotes but like that alone like at that point like I had maybe 10,000 maybe a little under 10,000 followers and like I don't know getting that confirmation like being in the New York Times was just like an insanely big deal for me and like her endorsement kind of I know she's not technically endorsing me in this situation but like the fact that she mentioned me and I don't know, like, getting attention from her, like, it was a big help to me, and she, you know, I met her one time, and, like, she, she was so sweet, she bought me a coffee, and she, like, just, like, gave me a bunch of career advice, and was basically saying the same things, like, like, lie and say you're a published writer, like, you know, like, just, like, go, you can, like, pitch to the New York Times, you, like, you can, like, I'll help you write a pitch, like, you don't have to have any credentials, like, yeah, just do, go for it, and, like, just like you know she she's a reason why I like implied to do internships in New York and stuff and like the reason I why I got them and stuff and like she said I could use her as a reference like she's such like I feel like she like loves to like nurture like young she loves to nurture young women who want to get into media which is epic any last questions I feel like I've had all my questions answered thank you so much again rain for coming on Sophie do you have any last questions before we go thank wrap it you. up um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so honored. And also, thank you for speaking the truth to the Midnight's Taylor Swift discourse. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you for platforming thank you for, me. Thank, <laughs> thank you for being an ally in the anti-Midnight's discourse, even though you are a Taylor Swift fan. Like, thank you for defending music criticism. Um, it's your contributions will never, never be forgotten. So. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we we should have talked about that more. I love music criticism. I wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. We can we can text about it or something. Yeah. Everybody, thanks. Everyone, go subscribe to Internet Princess on Substack. Do the paid subscription. Don't be a coward. And also <laughs> follow all of us on Instagram or wherever you'll find. We'll put yes. it in the episode description. And thanks again, Rain, for coming on. I had a black. We all we Thank all had an so epic much. conversation. This was fun. Super nice to talk to you. Based News Network. Yay! Thank you for having me.